Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 20th episode of your new favorite internet show, VisionCon Live. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you didn't come here to see me today. You came to see the man of the hour. He's Ignatz from Fire Emblem Three Houses, Sella from Fire Emblem Heroes, Neutrophil 2048 from Cells at Work, just to name a few. He's the legend and wholesome hero that we all desperately need right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one, the only, Christian Lamont. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? It's good I'm to doing, see you. I'm doing just fine. Now, be honest with me, Christian. Did I butcher your pronunciation of your last name? No, you, you actually nailed it, which is surprising because I've gotten a lot of other ones. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Starting off with a bang. Christian, I need to ask you something. You, know, you are a rising star in the acting and voice acting industry, Twitch oh, streamer extraordinaire. But I want to know, where'd we all start? How did we get here? Was this always the plan, always the goal? Or did we just kind of, you know, get here gradually until where we are now? Man, uh, I mean, my, my, my family's in the industry as well. So I always kind of like grew up around around cameras and acting and, and on set and stuff like that. Um, I... I worked real hard to, uh, to to sort of make make acting a big priority in my life. I did it a lot in school. Uh, after school, I did a lot of repertory Shakespeare theater and stuff like that. Um, and I actually, uh, all, during all that time, my love of like JRPGs and, and video games and all that, all that grew and, and, and intensified. And finally, I got an opportunity to go and work for Atlas, um, who do Persona and SMT and all these other series that I love so much and that everybody hopefully loves so much. Um, and after about like two and a half years of testing, I finally convinced them to let me be an editor and, and write the games and stuff like that. And finally, uh, towards the end of that experience, we actually went to go record Devil Survivor 2 Record Breaker, uh, which was the first project I'd edited on. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here right now. I was still pursuing acting, but it was a very sort of like, yes, when I have time, I'd love to go out and do stuff and I'd love to do casting calls and things like that. But I actually, when I went up to the studio to Cup of Tea for the first time and worked with Danny and Laney, who run it, and Patrick Seitz, who is the, the greatest director and also one of the greatest actors in this world, it, it absolutely changed my view of how all of this works and is created. And I, I decided that that is, that is what I wanted to do. And thank goodness I had them because they were absolutely inspiring and brought me under their wing and showed me how it works and, and, and helped me to, to make it my career as it is now. <laughs> to have any friend in the industry, if you could only have one, Patrick Sykes is a pretty great one. He's up there, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, you know, so you're starting out, you know, you, you convince Atlas to give you a shot. Obviously it worked out because you knocked it out of the park. So how did we then get to Fire Emblem Three Houses, you know, one of the top grossing AAA games the Switch has had since its creation. For real. It actually, it makes me really happy to hear it described as a AAA game because, I mean, JRPGs and stuff like that are always sort of pigeonholed in this, like, they're niche, they're a niche thing, and I'm like, maybe Final Fantasy can break out every once in a while, but it really is. Fire Emblem is a AAA series, and it's, oh, it's so rad. Um, I've loved Fire Emblem since I was, like, a kid, a kid. I, I took... Uh, a copy of Blazing Blade uh, on a trip to Europe when I was like 10, and it just absolutely changed my world. Um, so when auditions first went out for Heroes, I actually auditioned that with Patrick too. We both like hung out in the room at the same time and we read our things. I think Patrick actually read a character and then he looked down and he was like, I think this one is probably, that's a, that's a you character, not a me <laughs> character. And I'm like, <laughs> this is so cool. Um, 
but the auditions came around and we knew uh, we, we didn't know anything about the game other than what was on those sheets and Danny sort of picked the best people she thought for each role and she distributed them out as much as she could and I I remember I did all three and I did I think Honestly, I think at the end of the day, I did just like one pass on the three characters that I auditioned for. And I was just like, is there anything else? Cause like, I recognized the style and I could like put two and two together. I'm like, what this game might be. I'm like, is there anything else? I can do more, I can do more. She's just like, no, it's fine, come on out. I'm like, are you sure? Cause I could probably just like, no, it's fine. Just, just come on out, it's good. And I was like, okay, well, anyways, love you so much. Thanks, thanks for all of this. I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, yeah, and then we went, and actually, I think that night, uh, me and, and, and Patrick and Chris and, and Erica Mendez went to, uh, went to the Love Life concert that was at Anime <laughs> Expo that year. Um, and yeah, and then we just sort of sat around waiting and hoping to see what would happen and, and who would get the roles and stuff, and I am immensely fortunate that I did indeed. <laughs> and what a character you got. Ignatz, ah, oh, salt of the earth, Ignatz. <laughs> I will say he was part of my, you know, I, I sided with the Blue Lions, but, you know, immediately as I, as soon as I could, you know, he was one of the first people I uh, recruited and just because he was just always so sweet and just his dynamic and just like how he grows throughout the game is just phenomenal first and foremost. But I would argue the biggest draw into who he is as a character is the life that you breathe into him. You know, your performance is just so convincing. You know, I will say all, pretty much everyone in that game has a very convincing performance. However, I would say that you just perfectly tailored your voice and the voice that you gave him into something that just kind of fully embodies Ignatz. Like, you know, he's very sweet yet timid, at least towards the beginning. Slight spoilers for Farm Three Houses if anyone watching right now hasn't played it yet. Go do it, though. Highly recommend it. Do but it. <laughs> a very deep and understanding character who just, you know, throughout the game really, you know, just kind of envelops oneself and just, you know, really becomes someone, you know, more with more grit yet doesn't ever lose that, you know, maybe not naivety, but just, you know, just a sweetness to him. So yeah. my next question for you is kind of how much of yourself did you put into Ignatz when, you know, kind of voicing him and was there any kind of, you know, moments during that that kind of you know really touched you with that experience man i mean i i definitely like i definitely put a lot of myself into him or rather he brought out a lot of me um in particular and i think that's that's one of those things that's that's very that's an actor's question in a way is a lot of like what part of you is 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 coming through him and what part of him is going through you and all that sort of stuff and i feel like um, especially at the beginning, he did harken back to a lot of who I was. If he was just like 2% more emo, he would have been exactly <laughs> who I was in high school. Um, but with writing instead of painting, because I still can't do that. Uh, but he can, and that's what matters. Um, and I think at the end of the day, what, what came through from that is that, that attempt to do the best by everyone around him. Like, he, he grows from somebody who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to, to impose on other people, um, which is like the whole key of all of his and Lysithia's conversations. She's just like, stop crying, do things. He's like, I don't want to bug you. You're doing things so much. Um, but it's, I feel like that is, that has to lead to something and that has to grow into something. And fortunately, Ignatz is one of those characters that had like a full shift, not even during obviously the time skip where suddenly he grows up and he's like, war is real guys and we have to deal with this. Um, but even before that, you can see the growth in him from like the first time you meet him and he's like, okay, anyways, I paint and that's kind of cool, but don't worry about it. To even at the end of, of, of your time in Garrick Mock, he's sort of grown up a little bit into 
hey, I have a little bit of confidence now. I've been around these people that are supportive of me in whatever way that support takes. <laughs> yeah. um, and that I, I feel helps to, helps to change them dynamically. In terms of a moment that did in particular touch me, um, there's a line that he brings up, and I forget if it's in his S support uh, with, with Byleth or in his A support with Byleth, the one right before that. Um, and I guess slight spoilers if you haven't done any of those, but the, 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 the words themselves aren't really spoilers. But he brings up this, you never talk down to me or you never, you never look down on me or disparage me because of the things that I cared about because, of, because I wanted to paint and I didn't want to fight and I didn't want to be a knight and do these sorts of things. Like you were always there to be that support for me regardless, like no other part of me mattered, but the part that you wanted to see flourish. And I think that's so important for someone who has had to, um, kind of to borrow a phrase, to like put away those childish things when he got into the war and had to like, okay, I understand I have to be a fighter. I have to take lives. I have to protect the people I care about. And I think to, to know that he didn't get rid of that, he just sort of like put it away. Like he pocketed it in his heart for a little bit. And he's like, I'm going to come back to this when I have the opportunity. Like that, that really that really spoke to me. And I think it's something that that's important for a lot of people, not just creative people, but a lot of people in the world to hear that there are people that support you like that. And no, I believe if memory serves, that's his uh, S rank when he's talking to Byleth, if memory serves. But I will also say to you, you have simultaneously, you know, made me love Ignatz and you also broke my heart because at a later playthrough, you know, I didn't recruit him, which meant, Everybody watching spoilers, if you watch this later on YouTube, you know, fast forward it, maybe, you know, two or three minutes, you'll be fine. <laughs> when I had to, you know, God, oh, God. Uh, and just like uh, your performance with that as well, just throughout the entire game, just like uh, heart-wrenching and heartwarming at the same time. But, uh, you know, with Ignat said, you know, you've also voiced plenty of other characters. Uh, one I did want to touch on that looked like you were having a lot of fun with it. Actually, kind of two of them. I want to talk a little bit about One Punch Man. Yes. So, you know, you voiced uh, one or two characters in One Punch Man, you know, a show that everybody knows is very tongue-in-cheek and smart while also, you know, retaining some of the, uh, you know, serious notes that anime is known for. So kind of what were some of your experiences with One Punch Man? I I absolutely love One Punch Man, and to be fair, like I inherited it, uh, I inherited directing it from Chris Kaysen, who's fantastic, and like made it work. And without him, I would have just been like on the ground floor of that. Like <laughs> I don't understand why doesn't he have any emotions? Why don't he act? <laughs> um, but in terms of, especially in terms of performance, like it's it's a show that is, as you said, it's tongue in cheek and it's silly and it's wild and ridiculous. But like they take themselves dead serious. And that's why it's so great. I think as Saitama is the only one who's kind of above it all. Like, yeah, I'm just strong. That's it, okay. You're all okay. Cool. You've got the costume going on. That's rad. I guess I'll just punch you and solve this problem. Um, and I think like first of all, it's always fun to play a villain. And I know Neon has only had like two lines so far where he's just like, "Hello, I'm here and intimidating." But he is so much fun to be just this big crazy cat. Um, and Smile Man is, is in that position as like an A-rank hero gets to do all this fun stuff because he knows he's like not good enough to get to that S-rank hero. <laughs> I can try, I can still be good. And he gets this actually really cool fluctuation in those last couple episodes where uh, he and the rest of the A-ranks are fighting against Garo where like he gets to go from like, yeah, it's cool, we're doing it to like he drops into like dead serious murder zone a couple times. <laughs> and to see this dude with this like ridiculous outfit and everything just be like, oh no, we're gonna kill this dude right now. It's gonna be crazy. It's, it's a lot of fun to like 
to to both be able to go crazy and then bring it in real harsh and real fast into just like it's violence time. <laughs> now you mentioned a little bit. You also are you know part of the directing of that show, and you know you've also done have a lot of writing credits as well as you know voice acting credits as well. Do you find that you know kind of combining all of those? is difficult at times or, you know, do you find it kind of more fulfilling? It's, it's a little bit of both, which is absolutely the cop-out answer for that. <laughs> um, it's why it's, it's difficult in the sense of that, just like trying to manage all the time and make sure that you can do all the things. And sometimes like, here's a directing opportunity for this awesome show, but you also have this character that needs 4,000 hours in the booth. And like, you can't really make those work and they want you to do it because it's going to be cool. And you want to do it because it's cool, but simultaneously this thing. And you know, what's, what's the best for my career. And more importantly, like what is, what is my, my creativity and my heart be like, do this thing. Cause it's going to be rad. Um, but it is definitely, I think it's, it's fulfilling in the sense that like, seeing every chair in in those rooms like sitting in the director chair or the writer chair or the actor chair the only chair that i can't sit in is the engineer chair and they work magic and seriously that real quick they've been working magic for five months of this right now just trying to manage all of us with nine thousand different mics and i'm in my closet with like two blankets draped over stuff and i'm like no no we'll make it work it's fine so absolute incredible props to them the industry would have exploded without them um but being able to sit in all those chairs means that I get to have an awareness of what's happening when I'm in the booth and the director's like, I have no idea what's happening on this line. Give me just a hot second. And to be able to be like, cool, let me jump in and help. If you're cool with that, you know, let me understand. Or simultaneously that actor part of me that's like, I don't have to fix this. Heck yeah. I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to sit here and you guys let me know when you're ready. <laughs> just take the chill. Oh. <laughs> so, Cells at work, you know, I mentioned that a little bit, you know, you play Neutrophil 2048, which, oh my God, are the Neutrophils, like some of the best characters in that show. But it's so fun. Is it as fun of a show as I hope and pray that you have? Because it just it seems like such a fun, lighthearted show. And, you know, you all sound like a blast voicing characters in it. So is it as fun as I think? Honestly, Cells at Work is one of the most fun shows that I've, that I've had the pleasure of working on. It's just, it's so silly and upbeat and good. Aside from the two cancer episodes, which were silly and upbeat and good, and then Koi would come in to do cancer, and we'd all would just be like, okay, it's real intense right now. <laughs> it's real sad. I know how tough this is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's an immensely good time. And thank God I had like Billy and Jeremy and, and Laura and Xanthi, who are like sort of the four lead uh, of the cells and they would come in and we would have a blast and like honestly I, I felt terrible because half the time we would just like end up on other tangents about like Billy and I would talk about Final Fantasy 9 and then Jeremy and I would talk about like random acting stories for an hour and the engineer would just turn around like we have to do stuff I'm like oh right but it's fun so we can take all of those moments where it's like no we got to like really compress it and, and really hunt down this feeling and it's just like well we were just having fun for an hour so we'll just have fun here now <laughs> and get these lines done <laughs> Ah, Final Fantasy IX, a man, a man after my own heart. But speaking of video games, not only are you an accomplished actor, voice actor, writer, director, I'm also going to add another thing to the mix. It's Twitch streamer. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you, Christian, when you said you had a Twitch channel, you know, obviously I'm going to help you know, promote it because you know, you're our guest. But in the back that. recesses of my mind, I was thinking, who doesn't have a Twitch channel now? But I watched it, I was, did my due diligence, and I watched some of your stuff, and I'm going to be honest with you, you are genuinely funny. 
Oh, thank you, man. Oh, I appreciate oh that. <laughs> so entertaining. And, you know, you, you get kind of, you know, you get how you need to both interact with your audience while also playing the game. Something that I've noticed a lot of streamers, you know, kind of don't get. So uh, kind of how did you get into Twitch streaming? And, you know, kind of what are some of the fun things that you find in doing it? And kind of, you know, just anything else for that matter. I, uh, I like I, ever since it became kind of a thing, like it was always in the back of my head, like, oh, that'd be fun to do. I like video games. And I'd like to share like how much fun I have with video games and stuff like that. But I'm going to be real. Like when I was when I was much younger, I did not get how anybody could watch somebody else play a video game like at all. It absolutely blew my mind. And I had a friend uh, like a, my one of my best friends when I was in like, I guess it was elementary school. Um, I would go over to his house and I'd be like, yes, let's do some stuff. Let's play this racing game. Let's play Pokemon. Let's do stuff like that. And he's like, oh no, you brought Final Fantasy Tactics, right? I just want to watch you play Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm like, what? <laughs> We're both here. We have multiplayer games. Let's do this, dude. And he was just like, no, no, Final Fantasy Tactics is kind of what I'm feeling right now. Sure. Um, and it took me a while of like watching Twitch streams and getting to watch like Joe, who has just absolutely mastered how, how Twitch works and stuff like that. And, and a whole bunch of other people who really have done these, these like super fun, these, it's just, it, it became less about the video game and more about just like the super fun engagement with the people who want to come and hang out. It is very much a like, hey, forget everything else for a while. Come watch a video game for a bit. And that really appeals to me. Um, and I got there. I started doing it because I was like, you know what? I'm seeing the reception that Three Houses got. Maybe this is a time for me to like try this out and see what happens. And I remember that specifically I was like, hey, if I get 3,000 followers on Twitter, I will do a drawing stream and we'll try to, I'll try to do what Ignatz does. Uh, and I got at it within like a couple hours. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember I have, I have a, I, I was talking back and forth with Erica Mendez and she was just like, no, you had to set a bigger goal than that. Why did you think that was going to be enough? <laughs> um, so I just sort of put it together and I had a lot of people show up and just like the support was really incredible. And a lot of people who talked about equally that they're like, hey, we really like Ignatz. We love what you did with him and, and getting to share that sort of feeling and stuff like that. And then it just has kind of escalated from there into like playing these old RPGs and playing Fire Emblem, obviously, which a lot of people like to come and watch and see. And that, I guess, is, I think that's the most fun of it for me is playing these like really old pre-video pre games, having voice RPGs and just like doing the silly voices as we make our way through it. Because I get to kind of do the thing that I wanted to do with it was, which was talk about storytelling and like see how cool this is like this is entirely show not tell they never mentioned that like his sword is named after his beloved but here it is and it's there if you look for it and i feel like i absolutely go on ridiculous rants while i'm playing it but the fact that anybody has a good time coming out and watching it i really do appreciate and i'm i'm, I'm thankful for everyone who does stop by and take a look <laughs> well you really are just preaching to the choir about especially about jrpgs i mean a lot of people like you mentioned earlier you know See it as kind of a niche genre, but, you know, I am very happy to see that, you know, Final Fantasy, Persona, Fire Emblem, uh, you know, the Tales series have really kind of come out to the masses and are finally considered, you know, triple A games. And I will say for the 3,000 follower mark, I mean, when you voice one of the main characters, <laughs> one of the most anticipated Nintendo games ever, Fire Emblem Three Houses, you know, maybe, maybe a little higher than 3,000. <laughs> but, uh, so... With being a voice actor and kind of in the entertainment industry, you know, a big part of the industry is rejection. You know, granted rejection, you find it in just life in general, but I will say if there was any industry 
where rejection is most prevalent, you know, your industry is probably one of the tops. It's up there, yeah. Watching, so for anybody watching at home, because a lot of people who watch the show, yes, are here, you know, to see the special guests that we have. But I've noticed that also a lot of them are interested in voice acting or have already taken that leap and just need to know kind of what to do next. So uh, for those people watching, how do you handle rejection? Does it get any easier? Or if it doesn't, kind of what can you advise people watching at home do in order to kind of get over rejection? It, uh, it doesn't get any easier. And I, I really wish I could be like, yeah, it's fine. And you forget about it and deal with it. But it, it really doesn't. Because you always, I mean, you put your heart and soul into a minute long audition just being like, I hope they understand how much I connect with this character. Um, but at the end of the day, there's so many factors. And I guess this is how I deal with rejection, which is such a, which is a tough way of putting it because especially in this industry, when they're listening to hundreds of thousands of auditions, often it's less rejection and just like, no, <laughs> I guess, I guess I did get that. Okay, cool. Rad. <laughs> Haven't seen the game appear yet, but maybe they didn't cast it already. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's this understanding that like, no matter how good you get, and there you can take an infinite number of classes and you can study the masters and you can, and you can sit there and, and be very fortunate like me where I'm on the other side of the glass. And essentially I get a master class every time somebody comes in. I get to watch Yuri Lowenthal and be like, that was the smartest thing I've ever seen happen. I'm just <laughs> going to take that and use it for myself. Sorry, Yuri, didn't mean to steal it. I love you. <laughs> um, but it's, it's an understanding that like no matter how much of that you do, there's always a little bit of it that's luck. And there's always a little bit of it that's like, you were the audition they heard right before lunch and they weren't really thinking about it because they wanted to go to lunch. <laughs> or like, you know, oh, they had a crappy meeting right before this and you were the first one out of the batch there and they just, they didn't hear it the way that you expressed it. And that in no way is to, is to say that like casting directors are fickle because a lot of them do, they, they take this incredible pride in their work and they want to find the absolute best voice. But there's always that X factor that you can't possibly know. And sometimes it comes down to like, oh, they had just that very slightly higher voice. And I really do like that for this character. And yeah, I could do that slightly higher voice if you want. I'm right here. But you, you know, there's always just that tiny little degree of you can't control it. And not to, to be the like, hey, leave it all to fate and chance kind of person. But like when the time does come and there does need to be something that is the right thing for you, I do firmly believe that it'll come along and that you'll get that opportunity. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> but, okay, so I mentioned briefly that a lot of people watch this show, you know, are either interested in voice acting or, you know, have took the leap and are, like, in it, but just, you know, need to know kind of what to do next. So let's play a little role-playing, Christian. Let's <laughs> Everybody watching right now, either live here on Facebook or later on YouTube, are let's pretend that I am the physical embodiment of all those people that have taken the leap and decided they want to become a voice actor but don't really know what to do next. So what would you advise me to do in order for me to one day, one day possibly become the next Christian Lamont? Well, first of all, I'd say stay the hell away from my roles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pay rent. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, in sincerity, it's called voice acting, but the acting is the biggest part of it. And that's, and that's, Honestly, at the end of the day, that is the simplest basis thing. Is there like, take classes in all kinds of acting, go out and get on stage if you can and you feel comfortable, get behind a camera if you can or in front of a camera if you can and you feel comfortable because voice acting 
needs you to have all those other things and the tricks and the tools of the trade from all those other things, but then not be able to use any of them to just have them kind of sitting there in the back of your head and you can pull it out. And I've like, I've used like uh, these, these click reducing lollipops that we have as swords. And, and I've, you know, I've, I've backed off and, and come in real hard onto the mic in order to get like this feeling and this emotion, but you can't rely on the close up to perfectly show what your character is feeling in that moment. You have to take all of that and manage to put it into your voice and acting in every possible way and every possible manner and taking those classes or lessons or honestly just getting with together with a bunch of friends and reading stuff aloud and critiquing and talking amongst each other. That's what'll, that's what'll get you there. And that's, that's the really, that's, that's the X factor of getting you above that. Like, Hey, I want to do voice acting into like, I am an actor. And also the second tip, and this is one that I just feel personally, I would rather spend a hundred hours trying to get the right read out of someone who's a less good actor, but a super fun person than deal with someone who can give me the perfect read, but is pardon my French an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so fortunate that 99.99999% of the people in the voice acting industry are the coolest, nicest, best people who also are dorks and are just like, I get to work on this video game. Yes. <laughs> um, but seriously, being a good person and a personable person and just having that like genuine niceness and willingness to go out on a limb with your directors and your clients and your engineers and stuff, that'll get you a lot farther than you think it will. <laughs> sure. Well, I do have to ask one thing. Um, you know, you gave a lot of great tips, and, but I did want to say a, little, a bit more technical aspect. Cool. You know, getting an agent and getting the right equipment. Now, starting out is, you know, getting an agent really important in your, you know, opinion and B, you know, the equipment. Now, you know, obviously a lot of us, you know, are at home right now due to, you know, extraneous circumstances um, in society right now. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys uh, reunion tour. There you go. See, there you go. There you go. Ah, <laughs> thank you for that reference. But um, <laughs> how important do you think is A, getting an agent and B, kind of upgrading your equipment? Do you need to start out with like the most expensive things you can get or work yourself up to that? Um, I think, uh, let me address equipment first. For sure. Honestly, what you really need is, is the basics. And there is definitely a threshold. There's like, you know, what I'm using to talk to you now is like a Yeti nano mic, but that in no way is what I'm like recording auditions and stuff on. Not in any way because it's bad. It's great and it's perfect and it's what I use for streaming and stuff like that. But there's, you can crack just a little more than that to get to a microphone that is like made for that, made for voice acting, made to pick up those extra like sort of layers in your voice and that particular timber. But also everybody's voice is different and reacts to microphones differently. At Cup of Tea, they use shotgun mics, which are these very pointed things and they're they're very directional but it also means that you have a lot more uh sort of ability to like move in and move back and let that affect you and at other studios they use like the big old uh radio style condenser mics and that hits a much wider range but also like warms up the tone a little bit there's all these like very very intense technical things that you could dig into but i would say you certainly don't have to spend more than a hundred to two hundred dollars on a solid mic and a preamp and stuff like that. If you want to try to do stuff that is of good quality, um, you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to get an Avalon, which is thousands of dollars of beautiful. You can absolutely get, I mean, what I use is I use my Focusrite preamp, which is like, which was, I think, 100, 150 bucks. And it's perfect. It's all I need. Plugs the mic right in, plugs the mic to the computer, sends that signal directly to the engineer who makes it sound pretty. 
And don't get me wrong, if you're buying a $6,000 beautiful U83 mic, it's gonna be a $6,000 beautiful U83 mic. But that's not, what, not, that's not what's gonna get you the job. What's gonna get you the job is you. Um, and in terms of agencies and stuff like that, yes, they are incredibly important. Um, but it is also a step that you wanna take once you're, I do feel like there's a little building up you have to do. There's a little like sort of learning the ropes that you have to do before you hit that mark. You know, obviously, uh, extenuating circumstances aside, um, but getting to that point and getting a demo that is good and that you feel reflects yourself and that you feel comfortable pitching to agents and stuff like that and getting into the union and things like that, they are all incredibly important, but they're definitely a step to take once you feel comfortable with this and you feel like this is something you do very sincerely want to pursue because while it is an incredible boon to have all these things and have all these people who are there to support us and help get us jobs and help uh, make sure that we're safe and protected when we're on the job and stuff like that. There is an investment that comes with that and it's not an investment to make lightly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, those watching right now live on Facebook or later on YouTube, I hope that you took notes because now you have all the skills and tools necessary to become the next Christian Lamont. Now, ladies and gentlemen, watching this live on Facebook right now, if you haven't already, plenty of, you, plenty of you have already messaged VisionCon your questions and comments to Christian Lamont, and that's great, and you still have time to do so, but you could also do it in the live chat right now, but it is your last chance to do so because, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. Oh, Christian Lamont, okay. now is your chance to advertise, promote, plug, whatever verb you want to use, anything you want, projects, websites, social media accounts, services, <laughs> whatever it is, the floor is yours. Ah, well, thank you, sir. Um, so if you do want to keep up with me, I am at Twitter uh, on at writing madness, writing like the act of writing something, W-R-I-T-I-N-G. Um, I've been thinking about changing that for ages and I really should. I am on Twitch at of Count of La Monte Cristo. Um, which makes me smile and I'm so glad that there was enough characters to make that name into that pun into my name. Uh, we play classic RPGs. I actually am about to start a playthrough of, of Suikoden 2, hopefully tomorrow, uh, just because they, they announced that they were doing a Kickstarter with the original creators, and I love that game so much. Um, that's plugging for other people's stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, there's, God, there's so many things that are coming out that I like have knowledge of, but I can't, I can't officially talk about, but there's so many cool things <laughs> coming out, I promise, and they're going to be super fun. Um, and just keep your eyes open for them, not only because you love me, because I'm so fun and charming, but also because like, they're good games and they're good and they're good shows and they're gonna, oh, they're gonna have so much heart in them. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wish that I had more directly that I could plug. Play Fire Emblem <laughs> Three Houses if you haven't, because it's great. Um, and I'm so heartwarmed that even a year on, we still have this incredible fan community. Um, yes, and uh, please just, I'm going to plug being awesome and being safe and careful in this time. <laughs> I like that. Well, for those of you, again, watching live on Facebook, Marissa, my coworker at VisionCon, a.k.a. the wind beneath my sails, has put all those links in the live chat. Or if you're watching this uh, later on YouTube, it's going to be in the description below, guys. And we're out of the plug zone now, guys. So going right to the messenger for viewers' comments and questions. Give me a sec to pull that up, guys. All right, so Raylene wanted to know, what are some of your favorite One Punch Man characters? Oh boy, favorite One Punch Man characters. 
Um, obviously, I like Neon a lot, or will eventually like Neon a lot once they <laughs> once they get into that. Um, I mean, like the easy answers are like Saitama is so much fun, and Max is so good at Saitama. God, he's so good, and Genos is so much fun with his just like it, the same no emotion, but just the blank not understanding of anything as Genos is so fantastic. But I do have to say that my absolute favorite One Punch character, One Punch Man character, and I am I'm I'm well known. I'm on record with all girls are best girl. I fully believe that it is true. But I love Blizzard so much. <laughs> I love her so much. She is the best, and Laura does the best job with like bringing all of her emotions to the to, to the forefront. And God, she's just so cool. I love Blizzard. Uh, I, I want that on a I want that on a shirt. All girls are best girls. I like that. Oh my God, I like that a lot. One day we'll make a Twitch Twitch merchandise. I'll sell it on my. my oh my god! I'll, I'll, when, when, it's, when it's up for pre-order, DM me. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, Laura wanted to know uh, during the VisionCon Live pre-show. Hey, thanks for pitching the pre-show. Uh, you mentioned Love Live. What are some of your favorite characters in Love Live? All girls are best girl. Um, I <laughs> boy, um, I actually like. I've had these conversations with the people in Love Live, and they're like, seriously, pick a favorite, and I'm like. <laughs> And they're like seriously pick a favorite i'm right here just say me just say my character um and it's it's tough because i do truly love them all um from from the depth of my heart of hearts in the original in muse i'm gonna have to go with ellie and nozomi and nico i love them so much they're so great and like i love nico's like act like the nico nico knee is a meme obviously to a certain degree and it is fun but like where it comes from is so like heartfelt and meaningful and beautiful and Ellie is just doing her best to run her life and the lives of everyone around her and Nozomi's fun just floatiness around the rest of her of her people and her ability to like bring it down and get real when she has to is fantastic from Aqua I love I love Yo I love her so much I love Rico I love Johanna because we call her by her proper name here. Um, <laughs> none of this Yoshko. <laughs> she is Johanna. Sure. Um, and honestly, of the new girls, uh, I've only had a little bit of experience with them, but um, to the point where I'm not even as full up on, on their names, I can't pull those out of my head as easily as I should, but the sleepy girl makes my heart smile so much. <laughs> we went to go see the, uh, the, the, the nine year anniversary live and she had this like beautiful song that she just like slowly floated while she was on, on a bed with all of her, her plush toys. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I feel you, you're tired all the time. And then I found out that she was tired all the time because she's like caring for her whole family and she like barely has time to study and work in school. And I'm just, how can you oh my gosh. Be wonderful. <laughs> like, be an idol. Live your best life. <laughs> I love, I love, love, love. I really do. <laughs> I mean, it's a great series. I recently got into it, you know, due to my girlfriend. So I can totally agree with you. But, uh, okay. So uh, Ralph wanted to know, what are some of your favorite animes that you're not in? Oh boy. Favorite animes that I'm not in. That's tough because I'm just in so many animes. <laughs> no, um, I love One Piece. I'm a, I'm a One Piece fan from way back, from way, 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 way back. Um, and getting to work with the people who are in that as just like, just having Patrick be as close of a friend as he is. I'm just like constantly in the back of my mind. I'm just like, don't ask him to say super. Don't do that. You're friends now. You've hung out a lot. You can't do that. It's <laughs> weird, Christian. <laughs> um, so I love One Piece a lot. 
Um, my first anime, the first one I ever saw or got into, is actually that same friend who used to ask me to play Final Fantasy Tactics for him, uh, introduced me to Dragon Ball Z, and that was obviously the very, very beginning of it. Um, so that is, that's, that's, that's my very core anime. I'm trying to think of, like, current animes like this season or recently previous seasons that I really did enjoy but aren't in. Um, Konkole, I like a lot. I thought the anime did so good to take this like gotcha game about like we took warships and made them pretty and then like it gave them uh, like a little bit of a heart and an extra story and it gave them time to like uh, show what's so fun about all of these characters um I love Haikyuu I really do like I have I have a soft spot for sports anime so I love Haikyuu and 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 Kuroko and Kuroko no Basuke and um and Yawamushi Paddle those are really fun I don't know why I just really like that's how I would have liked sports to really be from like the five minutes that I was on a little league team and, and played basketball and stuff like that in school. I was just like, why can't it be this and wholesome and fun and all of us just like team working it. And where is our pretty manager girl? <laughs> <laughs> My all boys school did not have a lot of pretty manager girls walking around. Um, one, one final one that I, that I do. Uh, I really like, um, Oh my god, the the title is so long and I always forget exactly what it is, but um is it wrong for me to pick up girls in a dungeon? Is real fun. It's just it's it's fun and and cool and and wholesome and they have this like like I feel like they do the like it's an RPG world but real they do the isekai thing without it being isekai really really well and interesting with like their pantheon and everything is very cool. I like that. Oh my god. I <laughs> That one, that one was a sleeper hit. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. Oh, yeah. But, uh, okay, one final one, guys. We have time for one more. And forgive me if I mispronounce your name, but uh, Hosea, I believe I pronounced it correctly, but forgive me if I didn't. But uh, Hosea wanted to know, what are some of your favorite JRPGs? Some of my favorite JRPGs. Um, obviously, the Suikoden series is my absolute best, like, diamond in the rough recommendation. It's so good. God, it's so good. And it just does like storytelling and, and that show, but sh show don't tell storytelling really fantastically. Um, I love uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre um, because they can take those same like JRPG stories and they're like, great, but what if real dark all the time? But without sort of drifting into that we're dark just for dark's sake, just to like, horrible things happen because horrible things happen. It's just like, no, the world is rough, but these people have to make choices. And that I feel is something so dramatic. It's something I feel like Fire Emblem Three Houses did so well too, is it's like, there are all these bright spots and the people are good and wholesome and wholehearted, but like, you have to make these tough choices sometimes in a world like this. Um, so those two definitely up there. I, my favorite series possibly in the whole world is Persona. I love it with all of my heart. And it started when I tested it at Atlas and it is Persona 4 Golden, I think maybe my favorite game of all time. So anything with those, and I know it's, it's gotten very popular now that five is out in five Royal. And honestly, it's so fantastic. And five and five Royal are great, tremendous, tremendous games with like a really incredible story. Um, but definitely go back a little, dig into four, dig into three because they, they are fantastic. I think they do the absolute, they, they, are, they are the absolute pinnacle of high school, uh, but also look at this crazy world out there that we have to fight the demons in, uh, <laughs> RPGs. They are, they are the best. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, 
that's all the time we got, unfortunately. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 20 of VisionCon Live. Now, before we wrap things up, Christian Lamont, every final thoughts? Thank you guys so much for coming to come and watch it and come and, 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 and participate in the chat and everything. Uh, and when this, when the Backstreet Boys reunion tour is done and we can all finally leave and, and, and go out of our homes again, uh, there's a couple of things that I'm going to do. Uh, number one, I'm going to go to a restaurant and just sit there and have a good meal and read my book. Two, I'm going to go on trips. I, I miss going places and seeing people. Three, I'm going to hug a lot of my friends. And four, I want to come to cons. I want to come to your con. I want to go out. I want to travel. I want to meet all you guys so that I can, so that I can see you, so that I can talk to you and, and just express how cool and awesome these and the wonderful things we get to work on are. Um, so thank you so much for coming. And I hope that I can see all of you in the future. <laughs> Listen, I meant what I said in the intro, Christian, the wholesome hero that we all desperately need right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 20 of VisionCon Live. Make sure to tune in this Friday, July 31st, a.k.a. my birthday eve. Not really uh -oh. that uh, Much more important, though, is my special guest, which will be Veronica Taylor. She what? Is, yeah, original, original Ash from Pokemon, uh, Sailor, Sailor Pluto from Sailor Moon, and then, of course, a character near and dear to you, Manuela from Fire Emblem Three Houses. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Zach, but much more importantly, this has been Christian Lamont. You guys stay safe out there and never forget, guys, that life's better when you've got friends to share it with. <laughs>